0: I'm so excited for today's episode. Can you imagine your business making $900,000 a year easily? Dr. Janelle Benson-Cobbs took her passion for serving those diseased with drug addiction and turned it into the only five-star Google-rated medication-assisted treatment program in Illinois. And let me tell you, that is no easy feat. Dr. Cobbs explains what sets her MAT program apart from others, and it's her love for serving her clients versus treating them. She is so passionate about what she does that she also teaches other healthcare professionals how to start an MAT program of their own to serve even more communities. Her program is wildly successful due to her eye for detail, her persistent execution, and the fact that she doesn't give up. Listen in on her journey to making the nurse boss shift. You don't want to miss this episode. Hey nurses.
1: I'm Kiana. And I'm Crystal. And this is the nurse boss shift where a shift happens.
0: We're here to help you shift your title from employee nurse to boss nurse. Step into your power as an entrepreneur and build a highly profitable business using the skills you already have and learn some new ones along the way. Let's get into it.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Nurse Boss Shift. It's your girl, Dr. Kiana Jones. And I'm Crystal Parker. And we are so excited for today's guest. She is a friend and also fellow nurse entrepreneur, Dr. Jonelle Cobbs.
0: Yay!
1: Dr. Cobbs, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Nurse Boss Shift. She is, we met Dr. Cobbs in a very interesting way. Social media, y'all. Y'all be sleeping on social Always. media. It is a place where a lot of us can come together and find those who are interested in the same things that we are interested in. And we can develop real, true, meaningful relationships. So Dr. Cobb so graciously decided and accepted our invitation to come on here. And I will let Dr. Cobbs tell us about her business. Yes.
2: Yes. First off, thank you guys for having Having me here today I'm so so excited to be able to be here and share this platform. However, my name is Dr. Jonelle Benson-Cobbs, and I am the owner of Serenity Treatment and Counseling Center, as well as Serenity Wellness Academy, uh, where we treat and help individuals who battle addiction. So we are an outpatient substance use program, otherwise known as a methadone program, where we treat individuals daily who battle addiction and on their road to recovery, offering methadone maintenance services, um, counseling services, group services, and other um, options to these individuals to at some point hopefully help them um, in their road and recovery and sustaining recovery and maintenance. Also, I am the owner of Serene Aesthetics and Wellness Spa, where we offer services and just helping others to achieve the optimal level of health and beauty. Yes.
1: Wow. And there's one other thing you left out, and we always have to keep reminding you. <laughs> right. <laughs> one other thing you do that's really dope.
2: Serenity Wellness Academy, where I teach other healthcare professionals how to open their own profitable, compliant, and sustainable methadone maintenance program in 90 days, y'all. 90 days. Yes.
1: <laughs> and I love that. So it's so non like we because opioids is is something that in our space is like so restricted and like secured. I think a lot of nurses miss out on the opportunity of even considering it because we cancel ourselves out from the beginning.
2: So my
1: question to you is like, what made you, were you just sitting up thinking, um, what kind of business can I start? And then you said, Oh, I'll do. And we know that as a methadone clinic, right? So where you're like, I'm going to do an, a methadone clinic, or like, how did it get to this?
2: Absolutely. So for me, um, A lot of people don't know that I actually used to work as a correctional nurse. So I worked for over 10 years in a correctional setting, dealing uh, with inmates, working with inmates every single day. So seeing them come in and out, in and out, and most of them coming in with um, issues of addiction, right? They come into the jail, although they're there for other reasons, they come in battling addiction, very sick, very ill, and just nurses simply ignoring them because they're there for other reasons, right? They're in jail. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, just because they're here for that, that, as my job as a nurse, I cannot ignore the fact that they're sick. I cannot ignore the fact that they're withdrawing. What else can I do? And so I had the privilege to work with many psychiatrists, behavioral health therapists in that capacity And I started thinking, okay, what else can I do? What else can I do to help this population? Um, Again, I'm not here to judge and whatever they're here for, that's up to the judge, right? I am not there, that I'm not here to make that decision, but what I can do is I can offer them some help and some support outside of this correctional facility or correctional capacity and helping them sustain and getting off of these illicit drugs. And so I started talking to um, the different psychiatrists that I worked with there, started um, just inquiring about how could I do it? What could I do um, outside of there? And that's how the, the idea of a methadone treatment program came up. Because when they were discharging them from the jail, they had nowhere else to go. There was no care coordination. There was nothing. It's like, okay, we give you methadone here. When you leave here, figure it out. And so I'm like, no, like, how can I figure it out for them? What can I do to assist them in figuring it out? And so, in fact, um, my very first medical director was my uh, a very good colleague and psychiatrist that I work directly with every day at the jail. And so mm-hmm. he and I understanding how this worked, what to do and how to do it. That's how Serenity uh, Treatment and Counseling Center was birthed. And so here we are seven years later, a very successful program with serving over 200 plus individuals daily and counting. Wow. Um, and then Serenity Wellness Academy, where I can now teach others how to do the very same thing and just destigmatize the stigma that's attached to owning a, a methadone program because most just don't know that it can be done. They're very afraid and they don't want to do it because, oh, it's too much or it's too hard or. I don't know how to get the correct people involved, or where do I find these people? And so, just being able to now teach them how to do the same thing and do it successfully as I have is more gratifying than anything. Mm.
0: So. And let's not forget your Google rating in this type of community, and you still have a five star Google rating. Impressive. Yes, we are
2: the very first and only five star methadone treatment program in our area, um, and this is directly from our clients that we serve every single day. I don't like to use the word treat because I don't feel like I'm treating them. I'm serving them every single day. And so that terminology is used throughout my facility with all of my team. We serve them. And so these ratings are coming directly from them because they appreciate what we're trying to do and that we're really trying to help them, help them in their road to recovery. So yes, Yes. we are the only five-star methadone program. Yes. Really? That's
1: so I think there's something to say about um starting business from a place of passion. Mm-hmm. I always talk about that. And I just feel like it gives when you do that, you are not guided by the financial incentive of being a business owner or an entrepreneur. And you have some there's some kind of like connection. And in your case, it was being a correctional nurse and seeing how they were treated and all that. And I, I feel like cuz there are some treatment facilities out there like i'm in LA i know you you're in chicago based out of chicago and it's like there are some that they treat these people horribly
0: and Horrible. and i i
1: love the fact that you are committed to serving them and not treating them because that gives them a a face that makes them human like how did you even think to do that cuz Am I lying or is there places out there that really do not treat these people like like you know they they're human they treat them just horribly because of their addiction and their stigma they're stigmatized because of it. So what made you decide like you know what this is the vision I have for um for my business.
2: Absolutely. And yes, you're absolutely right. And it's not just in California, it's everywhere you go. Um we get clients all the time that come and they're just like amazed that They can come to a place that's clean, that's inviting, and they feel safe. They're so used to being judged. They're so used to being treated just like a number, right, at some of these facilities. And for them to be able to come there and actually have interaction with their counselors, they'll say, I haven't even seen where I was. I didn't even see my counselor for months on end. And it's like, why not? I tell my clients all the time, it takes more than just methadone, right? You have mm-hmm. to be able to offer these clients other services. Counseling is so important. If they're just coming and drinking methadone every day, it mm-hmm. makes the cha- it makes it very challenging. And so, with being an entrepreneur and and even going into this, as we know, y'all know too, um, it's it's not for everyone. Being a business owner is not for everyone at first. You have to be passionate and you have to have a solid plan um, to be a successful entrepreneur. And Mm -hmm. that's exactly what I I ensured that I had in place first. Okay, is this really what I want to do? Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to see it through. I had a plan in place and I executed that plan. So Mm -hmm. when we often think about transitioning from an employee to an entrepreneur, because we do, it's hard. It's very difficult for all of us. It was difficult for myself. So transitioning was a huge mind shift. For me, and I'm sure for most of us, for you all, and most of us that will see this and watch this, it's a huge mind shift, especially if you're used to predictability. We're so used to predictability. We're so used to having a regular routine, a regular rate of paycheck, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, going to the same office every single day. We we get used (laughs) to it. I was used to it too. So I always say, if what you really want is to be your own boss, you have to have that mind shift. That's the only way up for success. That is the absolutely only way up for success. And so I had that mind shift. I knew what I wanted to do. Working with this population of clients, it was Mm -hmm. a passion for mine. And I just have not looked back, I haven't. So it's fuel for me to see how these other programs treat these clients, because I know what not to do. I I saw Mm -hmm. that before I opened and I'm like, this will never happen. At Serenity Treatment mm-hmm. and Counseling Center. And so I set that tone in the door. My clients know this is not a facade. This is what you get. And our clients respect that. We respect them more than anything. And they just love being there. So that five star rating, I take it very seriously you guys because right. it means a lot because it tells us we're doing exactly what we need to do and we're exactly where we need to be.
0: Yes. yes. I love that. I love that. I yes. wanted to ask you, I don't think I've ever asked you this before, but did you start this as a side hustle or what was your transition like from working to starting this? Because I, I assume knowing how you work and how invested and how much time you spend there now, are you able to start this as a side hustle or is this something you jumped full force into? So for me, so it is a, it, there's a lot
2: of work that goes into it. I mean, I would be, um, you know, lying if I said it was just really easy. It's a lot of work yes. and it's a lot of um, time and commitment that has to be put into it for, to do it the right way. Right. Um, I once had a doctor tell me, well, if you want to open up in two months, you can. And But that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to really take time to understand and know this business. That's the only way I can teach someone else how to do it. And so I was teaching nursing school at the time. In fact, um, I was actually teaching um, an MSN program. I actually didn't sign a new contract. I was that confident um, and that passionate about working with this population of clients. I, when it came up for renewal, I I simply bowed out. I simply bowed out and said, no, thank you. Um, I, I appreciate it. But, you know, for me, I wanted to put all of my effort at that time into opening up my own program. And that's exactly what I did. So I could have, I absolutely could have um, continued. I could have even, you know, went registry or worked um, just teaching part-time. But I chose to invest all of my time into um, opening up my own program. But if there's someone else out there that was willing or looking to do the same, it absolutely could be done. It may take a little longer um, because again, but it just really depends on where their mindset is and what they're willing to do. Um, and getting it done. But it could be done working um, another job and also working um, on opening up your own treatment program as well. That's just the road that I decided to take for myself. Yeah.
1: Cool. I love that because, you know, every, and what this says, and, and you know, Crystal and I often talk about, you know, um, starting on the side and then you don't have to quit your job. But the, the real, the, the, the honest truth behind this all is, you have to figure out what works best for you. The, the I think the worst part that people could do is not pursue their dream yeah. in whatever capacity it is. So even if you have to, so if you have to start it part-time or on the side, then start it part-time on the side. I feel like the worst thing to do is to not start. So yes. if it's whatever works for you. But I do want to dig a little bit deeper in that though, because how did you have the audacity to think i'm gonna go full force ahead i know it's gonna be successful what did that take inside of you to be that confident because i I, i'm not i wasn't that confident it took like the money to be right there and i knew like once i made the shift it was gonna just come into you know because i had already started planting the seeds but like how did you get that level of confidence was it through your research like what happened to make you like okay Mm -hmm. i'm not signing another contract i know it's gonna work out um I'm moving forward. What made you do that?
2: Fear, fear. Oh, and allowing fear to be my fuel. Period. Mm. And a failing, the fear of failing, the fear of not having a successful program. They tell entrepreneur, you know, as entrepreneurs, what a year or two before their program, Mm -hmm. you know, may go under or whatever. So I had again that mindset. And allowing that fear to become fuel for me. If you aren't failing, you aren't trying. Period. Yeah. If you aren't failing, and you I aren't love trying that
1: you, No, I love yeah. that you said that because people, you've used it to your advantage. You you yes. flipped it on on its head, right? right? Yes. so so people use use the of of failure to not move forward. Yes. You use the fear of failure to push you forward. So that you, you could be all in for your business. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. I literally in my office have, uh, and it started day one when I opened my program because I was so afraid. I'm like, oh my God, what did I just do? I had this contract. I was the lead nursing instructor for the mass program for, I was at Robert Morris almost 10 years. It's like, what did I just do? What did I just do? Like <laughs> I have all of this, you know, my success with my students and passing influx. like what did yeah. I, I was terrified i was mm-hmm. absolutely terrified but on the other hand again mm-hmm. i allowed that fear i'm like no like that was my motivator right that mm-hmm. motivated me to say nope, this is not this is going to happen serenity will be in existence serenity will last serenity will sustain and again i again I go, if you if you aren't failing you aren't trying and if you aren't mm-hmm. trying you aren't succeeding right mm-hmm. and so for me my success was that i had to try I can't be successful if I don't try at all. And that has stood true. I literally have it posted in my office and I still believe in that until to this day. So anytime I get myself in a position where I'm like, dang, I'm overwhelmed or it's too much, you know, and I but if you haven't even tried, I'm like, Jonelle, you haven't even tried, so how do you know? How do you know? How do you know, do you, yeah. know you aren't gonna be successful if you do not even try? And it's just yeah. that simple. You have to acknowledge the fear. And then set it aside so that you can focus on your passion and take control of that. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have to do in any situation, any situation Mm -hmm. that you're in.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, I want to like just listening to you talk. I was I just came up with an idea, and I want to do a series of like yes no questions, and you just respond yes no. And the reason why I literally just came up with this idea is because I know as you're talking, people are trying to find a way to get themselves out of it and make it that you can do it and they can't. So here's a couple questions, and because I know this is what they're thinking. One. Okay. Do you come from a line of entrepreneurs? Is your family entrepreneurs? So were you able to like just do it because your family was already entrepreneurs?
2: That would have to be a yes and a no for me. My father is a uh, successful business owner, but in Mm -hmm. construction. Um, But um, that isn't really, my dad is very structured. So I think I get a lot of his business ethics Mm -hmm. from him. Mm Um, But we're in two different realms. A lot of people think it's like, who's medical in your family? I have no other medical, none, none in my family. So yes and no. So yes, um, the business structure, business ethics, I absolutely got from my father.
1: Okay. So do you have, did you have the financial resources? Like, in other words, did you already have like money set aside from your parents to help you build your business? Like, were y'all already balling already or- Go ahead. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not a yes not. and a no. <laughs> it's definitely
2: not a yes and a no. It's a no. <laughs> it's a hard no. Hard no. I do hard. Not. It's a right. hard no. <laughs> I did not. I did not. Um I actually think and that's why now I appreciate when you guys really um shed light on that, because I didn't have that. Um and, and, you know, I mean, I'm just like, oh, OK, I'll, I'll be in draining credit cards. I did everything probably the way that I shouldn't have. But, mm-hmm. you know, hindsight is 20, 20 Right. Mm-hmm. Looking back. But, I, you know, if I knew yeah. now what I you know, if I knew yeah. then what I know now, I would have absolutely yeah. done it different. But I did not yeah. have a financial plan. I did not have um, business or money set aside for business. What I was smart at doing as, as a nurse in the many years that I worked as a nurse is that I saved. Mm -hmm. And because Mm -hmm. I saved, I was able to use my savings to start my business, but that ran out and it's like, okay, now what do I do? Um, Mm -hmm. And so then it started with the credit cards and different things like that. But I did not have um, a plan financially to start my own business. No, I did not. Not financially.
1: All right. Three. Is your husband rich? (laughs) No. (laughs) Another hard
2: no. (laughs) Absolutely not. Uh, (laughs) It is no shade. Y'all. Right. right. But these are the things that are going to be thinking. Yes. Yes. So they like, oh, I've gotten it. Like, what's your Hmm? husband do? Did he do? No. In fact, y'all, listen, I met my husband working at the jail my husband was a correctional officer at the jail i tell people that specifically cuz they like was he an inmate he was not an inmate he <laughs> was a correctional officer at the jail and we met cuz he was actually one of the officers working on my deck that i was as a nurse so he would we worked closely together every single day and he actually got into the medical field many years later as a result of my He would tell me all the time, you motivated me to get into the field. Wow. So he was. He stayed there for many years, and then he decided to go back to school. So he's a physical therapist now, but okay. no, he was okay. not, still isn't rich, but uh-huh. I've manifest and claimed that wow. we were one want-
1: <laughs> Right, right, right. But yeah, all right. Yeah. The last question is, you are Dr. Cobbs. So, of course, you're able to do it because you have your doctorate. So is that what's required, like, to own a treatment center or?
2: It is not, you guys. So, yes, I am. And I have my doctor very proud of it. However, um, you do not have to even be in the medical field to own your own substance use program. What you have to ensure is that you have the correct people in place to run your program. So your title owning a methadone program will be a program sponsor. So mm. program sponsor you could be just someone who has invested and decided you wanted to use your money wisely and invest in a methadone program and opening your own business. You would have Mm -hmm. to ensure that you had a nurse. You have to ensure that you had a medical director. You would have to ensure that you had a licensed counselor. You have to have those people in place when we talk about organizational structure, right? You have Mm -hmm. to ensure that your organizational structure is in place. But you yourself, as a program sponsor, do not have to be a nurse. You do not have to be a doctor. You do not have to be um, in the medical field to own Mm -hmm. your own program. And for your program to be successful. But you want to make sure that you have the correct people in place to have a successful program.
1: Okay. okay. Oh, that is awesome. Okay. Because I just wanted to get those out the way. Because people will really try to argue for their limitations, right? Um, And validate it, too. Like, of course she can. So now that we got that out the way. (laughs) We like to talk about on the nurse boss shift, the numbers game. And mm-hmm. um, we feel like it's extremely valuable to have the conversation about numbers because first mm-hmm. of all, people don't talk about it enough. We need to be more transparent mm-hmm. about our numbers. Um, but at the same time, we don't have to be like specific, specific, but like what's the general range of someone who own a methadone clinic? Like what would be your, um, your profit as far as annually um, or you could go gross or net, whatever, it's up to you. But like what, you could give us a range if you want, but what is, would you say the profit is for owning a treatment center like that?
2: So I like to use numbers based just so it's realistic and you can see it realistically. Um, so a hundred clients. So based off of 100 clients, um, understanding that you can easily obtain and have 100 clients in your program within 90 days or more, as far as wow. more than 100 clients within 90 days, because they come. When one comes, they all start to come. Based off of 100 clients, between methodal maintenance, group, individual counseling, I would say between 900 and a million. 900,000.
1: Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: A what? A what? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. How fast can we open one? Absolutely. It? Um, <laughs> I was over here rich and we didn't know. Okay. <laughs>
2: Easily, y'all. It's so the wow. reimbursement Look, for these labs. services, because you got to think every service, every single thing that you offer is a different <laughs> reimbursement. So you not people think methanol. that's all you're billing for. You're not just billing for methanol, right? You're billing mm-hmm. for methanol Group is a different service. You're billing for group. If they meet with their counselors individually. That's a separate service. You're billing for that. If they meet with the doctor separately, that's a different service. You're billing for that. You have so many different services. So if you're billing services for 100 people, let's just do the math. And I'm not going to even
1: mention the fact that you say you got 200. Right. I'm not even going to do that
2: now. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a little little over that that right now. but. But yes,
0: Dr. It's, Cobb, it's, that's
1: amazing. Listen, yes, Crystal, so we need to start to our done. own methadone yes, clinic out here. Thing,
0: you know, I'm over here listening yes. to her talk like, how yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love
1: that. Yes. But you know what, Doctor Cobb, there are like, multiple I'm,
2: streams within mm-hmm. one business. There are multiple mm-hmm. streams. So just how with other businesses with but with different businesses, there are multiple streams of incomes and different things that you can do. It's the same yeah. with methadone. So mm-hmm. I, I like to let people know that because they just think methadone. There's, you know, kind of one track and just methadone. But no, it's not just methadone. There are several different services that you can bill for. For that same 100 clients, you could bill for multiple services and get multiple streams of income for that
0: same person.
1: Wow. Ooh. You just blew our mind. Right. Crystal, what you want to say?
0: <laughs> I want to say, when can we open a methadone clinic? <laughs> Right. That is <laughs> dope. So you know what? What? I've been you I've been seeing Go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. I was just saying I've been I've been um seeing a lot of MAT needing nurse practitioners just looking um on who's hiring and I'm like, man, I need to open one of because it's they're 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 starting <laughs> to pop up, but it's not enough, I'm sure with the epidemic yes. and how much we see it is mm-hmm. never enough. So this is a business that you can easily tap into, especially having a coach and someone who can walk you through. And the need is just there automatically for the crisis yes. that was. Yes.
2: And unfortunately, it's going to get worse before it gets better. You know. Yeah. But the more programs, the more services, the more resources. You know, at some point, I am. I'm hopeful that we'll see a change. Where we're going to see a shift. Um, but it's going to get worse, unfortunately, before it gets any better. Right now, it's just, we're kind of at that peak. Um, for the last three to four years, we've been seeing a 15 to 17, 17% increase um, mm-hmm. in just the opiate-related deaths and opiate-related overdoses. So it's, wow. it's bad.
1: It's Dr. Bad. Cobbs, did you see uh, Tamika Mallory from Black, like the, she's not with Black Lives Matter, but she is an, av- um, yes. an activist. Did yes. you see her share her journey about her addiction? She was yes. talking about, yeah. Oh, yes. dude. I, I never, agree. I never
2: knew that. I never right. knew that
1: about her. Right. I
2: never knew that. Yeah. And
1: she's such a but she shared her story, and it really made me like, this is why it is so accessible. And and she was just talking. She said she started with one because she couldn't sleep. And just imagine the weight that's on her shoulders from what she's carrying, being an activist, a civil rights activist, with all that was going on during the time of George Floyd, you know, just everything. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, the go-to person. So phone ringing off the hook, like worried, stressed, like I know that there's a lot that comes with that role that affects your personal life and all that. And so she was saying that she couldn't sleep and then starting one, two, three pills. Next thing you know, she was taking several. She started looking mm-hmm. different. I was just like, this is a real, it's not, I think, mm-hmm. first of all, I love your position. Your unique selling proposition is that you are treating them, you are serving them and treating them with dignity. Only a nurse could do that. Only a nurse yeah. could do that. Like we, yeah. we're not just here for the business. We always yeah. lead with service. I yes. love that. But it also is like, these are the faces also that are often overlooked or people go behind the wall and get their treatment. It's not being talked about. Kanye West said the same thing. Um, um, what's what's the uh the he's a um radio talk show host, Rush Limbaugh. He's passed so, yeah. away now, but yes. he talked about his addiction. So many people that are right there in the forefront suffer from this. And yeah. so to be able to have this business and this impact is is amazing. And I just think it's just not talked about enough. Because mm-hmm. there are so many people that need the help. Mm-hmm. And so for you Absolutely. to provide them with like a and experiences because i've seen places here that like, you know i'm from la so south central is usually where like places like yeah. that the ultimate hood is where these clinics usually are set up and you can see people all in a line and they just come in they just get in mm-hmm. they just go it's just yep. like no care involved no and that, love and what no you nut. said
2: is so true because you know why and when we talk about someone like um to me to mallory because it's like what is that person supposed to look like right right yeah. She doesn't look like she's ever mm-hmm. been met, been, you know, on uh, substances. And that's yeah. the stigma that's, um, that I'm, I'm mentioning. So we have to get it to a point where we have to dispel these myths. So I tell people all the time what is a person on, on some illicit drug supposed to look like?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I have people that come to my clinic every single day. I mean, in a shirt, tie, full suit, and they dose and they go to work. They're functional. Wow. You would never know if you saw them out on the street that this is what they were experiencing. Or the other stigma is that everybody that's in treatment it got to be heroin. It's not right. Well, pills, I know that's what
1: I thought. Eighty <laughs> <80%, obviously> percent. <laughs> met 80%, you,
2: eighty <laughs> percent of my clients are there because of substance. They had a surgery, they had an injury mm-hmm. that resulted in the doctor putting them on pain pills, mm-hmm. and they became addicted. So that's why now when my when I have a client that's going for surgery, I'm like, no, I have my client sign a release and I go, I contact that doctor and I let them know, if you have not already been told, this client is in treatment. So they can be conservative in what they're treating and giving this person yeah. prior to surgery so that you're not causing even more of an issue. Because if you go giving them all of these opiates, right, and I know that they have to get things, but we got to communicate if you're on the same page. Because if you go giving them all this stuff and then you send them back to me and we're still giving them all this, you know, giving them methadone every single day, it's Mm -hmm. like now we have a problem because now they're on Norco's and morphine and this or that. And then Mm -hmm. now you're mixing all of this stuff. It's it's a a situation waiting to happen. And so, but when you communicate, the doctors say, oh, my God, thank you. Thank yeah. you, thank you for telling me this. And just wow. real quick, I'll even share a situation that um, just happened here, just the other day, just maybe two weeks ago. I had a client who used to come to me. Year um, he was with me for about five or six years, and he decided he. Then some clients do this. He just wasn't ready. He still wanted to be out there. He still wanted to do. But me, I always try to still reach out if I see him. I'm always mm-hmm. wondering, hey, when you coming back? When mm-hmm. am I going to see you? So we had other clients come in and share with us that he was um, in the uh, ICU. He was on life support. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what happened? And what happened was he negated to share with them that he was a substance user. He was using drugs. They sedated him, put him under for surgery, just for a general hernia surgery. And as of Monday of this week, they're making the decision to, he's brain dead. All because he did not share, because he was embarrassed to Mm. share with them that he was on, he was, he uses. So he was no longer in my program where I could have advocated and sent letter. I send letters. I have a letter, standard letter that I typically Mm -hmm. would send to the surgeon. Mm -hmm. Um, But I couldn't do that, obviously, because he's no longer in my program. But again, the embarrassment that they, because they're so, again, I talk about how they're so used to being, you know, talked about or judged. That was a prime example. Had he just felt safe, had he just felt comfortable enough to share that information with them, I'm certain they would have made a different decision. They may have even detoxed him first before surgery, detoxed him to make sure that his body didn't go into shock, because that's exactly what happened. He started having, I'm sure, severe withdrawals which made his body go into shock. And as a result, he had a massive stroke and he, has, he, he couldn't come back. So awareness and education is so important. It's so important to everyone, not just those that are thinking about opening up a methadone program, but just in general. We all have had some encounter, whether it was personally, whether it are professionally, whether it was with someone that, you know, um, a family member. And so I always try to help, Always try to share that experience and share that awareness. Wait a minute.
1: Pause Um, and then start off again with I always give it like a two second pause. Okay, go ahead. Okay.
2: So I always like to share that and share that awareness. Um, Having a program, again, is just more than just methadone, it's -hmm. more than that. And we have to see that. And that's what I share in my courses. That's what I share with every single person that I coach, you know, because you have to do more. We have to do more as a nation. We have to do more. As a country, um, to be able to provide these individuals with support so they know that there are places, there are people that are out here that are willing to help. And like I said, like just like with Tamika, like we would have never known when she shared that, I was like, wow.
1: Yes. And you
2: see everything that she's out here doing, but she also got a story. She got yes. a
1: story. We all do. And we once we get do. rid of that stigma, like everyone does. Yes. That brings me to the next part with you, Dr. Um, Cobbs, because first of all, this is why we need you in this space. Mm-hmm. But even like, I think more importantly, you training other people mm-hmm. like you, this, 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 is, this is gonna proliferate because you are creating extensions of yourself through your training. So that's gonna be my next question. Tell us about <laughs> your training and what you're doing because- I, there is no one out there that I know of who is doing this. But then you add the layer of serving and really becoming from a position of servitude. Tell us about your program.
2: Yes. So our program, Serenity Wellness Academy, again, we teach other individuals how to open their own profitable, sustainable, and compliant methadone program or substance use program or MAT if you're in the medical field, whatever terminology you choose to use. Um, in 90 days. And so in this program, in this two day course, you are taught every single thing that there is to know about opening your own program. Um, I mean, from policies, procedures, accreditation tools, accreditation um, um, guidance and support. You're hearing from key stakeholders within the organization who work with me every single day. Certified counselors, uh, medical director. You're hearing from. Um, um, our HR director, you're hearing from um, nursing, you're hearing from every person that you will need on that first day to open your own program. Each person is crucial, each person is important to have within your organization, but you're receiving all the tools and the resources that you need to open your own program so that you can too have a profitable, sustainable program. Because again, this, anybody can open it,
1: but mm-hmm.
2: can you sustain? And mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to. Can you and sustain? be
1: profitable?
2: And, and be profitable. No. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> compliant. Because
1: compliant. TI, right? yeah.
2: We gotta be compliant. You know, you gotta make sure your stuff is in order. Policies and procedures. You have to have policies for every single thing. So these are things that you will receive in the course. This is the you'll receive the guidance, you'll have my support even for ongoing mentorship after the course. Um, but this is a two-day course and it's a Full course, but you leave full, and you leave educated, and you leave empowered, and you leave um, wanting to again just move forward. If it's something you're thinking about, don't think about it; just do it. Mm-hmm. You got to start somewhere. And if it's something mm-hmm. that you're interested in, I just mm-hmm. say start, start somewhere. Get uncomfortable with being, be, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah,
1: yes, and just think about the impact. I think yes. that's that's mm-hmm. powerful, yes. the uh, especially yes. for nurses. They like yes. if we if we think about it from a place of like there's so many you can only serve so many people dr Cobbs. you're exactly. in chicago yes. you can only serve those people in that area yes. but yes there are people yes. in other areas who need the same thing the same business model and they're waiting on that person to start that business so they can help that community so if you guys are um thinking about it you definitely should do it because i know i'm thinking about it. i i didn't know all this detail yep. girls so. right yes <laughs> Yeah, it it is, you like, know
2: what, and I tell it's like we tell people all the time, like, yeah, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. If you've been on your job, I'm, I would tell anyone if you've been on your job for a while with the same company, chances are you feel very comfortable, right? We all do. You mm-hmm. are seen as the expert in your field. You are yes. the one that that can feel those job requirements with your eyes shut. That they always mm-hmm. come to. That can do everything because you are the expert. But on the other hand are you happy? Are you fulfilled? And that's what you have to ask yourself, right? And so life can be very unpredictable, but in order to be a successful business owner, you need to embrace discomfort. So it's okay mm-hmm. to be uncomfortable. You guys, it's okay. It can be critical to acknowledge that. Sometimes it's very hard for us to acknowledge that. Um, and it's impossible to be an expert at everything. We aren't all experts, but you got to seek support and experts in that area. Dr. Jones is an expert in her her area. Chris Mm -hmm. is an expert. I'm an expert Mm -hmm. in my area. So, you know, it's it's impossible for everybody to be an expert. We aren't Mm -hmm. all, but you got to find somebody and Mm -hmm. and find that support with those that are experts and surround yourself with those that you can learn from and have Mm -hmm. that support. So as an entrepreneur, you need to get used to saying, I don't know. And -hmm. it's okay. I don't know. And find people who do know. Mm-hmm. right, that can help you, you and supplement you in those areas in which you may be lacking. Yes. Get you a Dr. Jones, get <laughs> you a Chris, right? Get you <laughs> somebody like out the there that can help you in those areas. <laughs> be prepared to get comfortable with taking risks, try new things, do new things, sometimes against your advice or advice of other people that are close to you, but you gotta mm-hmm. trust your instincts. And mm-hmm. so if your instinct is telling you it's time, to leave that bad or it's time to get out there and do what you have been seeking to do, then
0: just do it. Just mm-hmm. do it.
2: Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Just do it. Go ahead,
0: Chris. Well, yeah, definitely sitting here. I'm the wheels are turning. Um, and I had you as a guest <laughs> on my YouTube channel, and I know that I get so many comments asking, "How do I start an MBT program? I'm interested. I'm interested." And I always refer them um, to you, but for someone like myself, who's now interested in opening a clinic, what we like to always ask our guests because, you know, thinking of it from those who, and being an emergency room nurse, I know people come in and, and that's kind of where it starts too. either there and they have a, 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 they break a leg or surgery. And then that's where it starts. And it's so sad that you know, just from being trying to get out of pain, something clicks and then now they're addicted. So to be able to help that population mm-hmm. really sounds like and and how you present it as well as serving them and getting them off of these, um, you know, drugs and medications so that they can have a better life just really speaks to me as well. So what would you tell? We like to ask our guests for homework for someone, the nurse, the nurse or medical professional who is listening and their, their wheels are turning in and they're thinking that they want to start this type of program. What is some homework that you would give us? Um, sorry. What is some homework that you would give um, <laughs> us to start doing in order to get prepared to start this type of program?
2: Absolutely. So do your research. Um Doing a market analysis is very, very important in this field. Um, You want to determine where there is a need. There's needs everywhere. But where is there a greater need where you will have a greater impact is the best way that I can put it. Um, You know, doing that market analysis, seeing what areas um, have higher rates of overdose um, um, deaths or overdoses just in the area alone. And that's where you want to start putting yourself out there, putting your face out there. Um, Again, there's always going to be that stigma that's attached to it, but uh, most of the time it's because of the lack of education. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So you as the expert, you as the person that is seeking to, to start your own program, you have to be willing to put yourself out there and be able to educate these individuals and let them know what it is you do how it will help and benefit these clients. Mm -hmm. Um, What I have found in the past is that a lot of people are just afraid, like, oh my God, it's going to bring crime to the area. When in fact, statistics actually support that it reduces crime. Mm -hmm. But again, they don't know this. And what you don't know, you don't know. So be prepared, create a business plan, have a business plan. When you're going and you're talking to these individuals, be able to show them the proof, statistics, Being able to show them your business plan, being able so they can see how this will work. It's easy for us to just walk up to somebody, I want to open up a methadone program in this area, and I'm looking at this particular location. Would that be okay? And I look at you like, really? Like, okay, now what's next? But opposed to if you go to someone and you say, I, you know, my name is Dr. Jonelle Benson Cobbs, and um, this is what I'm looking to do, I'm looking to start. Um, an outpatient methadone program where we would treat individuals who battle um, addiction. And this is the way that I'm choosing to do this. I'm choosing to open up a program that will be run by medical professionals um, and uh, licensed counselors. They want to know that it's like licensed individuals that will work and mm-hmm. people that know what they're doing, right? And it's mm-hmm. not just going to be anyone in there running these programs licensed counselors, licensed nurses, licensed medical, you know, a medical director, medical doctor that will be running this program. This is how we'll offer counseling services where they're able to come and attend groups, where we'll be able to teach them how to maintain and sustain. These groups will also be opened up to other individual family members because oftentimes they're impacted as well. We will even, you know, provide and can do community events where we can educate the community about this mm. program and these services mm. so that they also have education on on um, methadone programs and the use what is methadone can you even mm. tell me what methadone is again they, they don't know yeah, yeah oh it, it's a it's um, a synthetic opiate that binds to the receptors of the brain they don't know that so we have to be able to explain it to them to them in terms that they understand what a methadone program is, or what methadone is and that it's monitored our nurses are following up and monitoring them daily our nurses are providing them to s- the support the doctors are mon- uh, following up with them the counselors are um, visiting with them and doing sessions with them they are attending groups where they're able to process so again these are things and this can all be honestly in your business plan when i went before my my board i literally just gave them the business plan and they're like, oh OK, Ooh, Wow. I gave them a business plan and I just outline all of that so that they knew, so they can read that business plan and see exactly what it is that Serenity Treatment Counseling Center was going to offer.
1: Yes, because you're a lot of people think, OK, we, we got to We can talk forever. Like I, I, know. I know we got to get yeah. off, but I do want to <laughs> say a lot of people think that it only can be these type of places should only be open in like the rough mm-hmm. areas. Mm-hmm. And, and but once you educate the community and the reality of it is, Dr. Cobb, is people right in the in those nice yeah. areas in their home are people who are suffering mm-hmm. from addiction. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes.
2: Mm-hmm. yes. I am in a suburb outside of Chicago. So if I tell anybody Chicago, they're like, Oh yeah, Chicago. But guess what? My program is not in Chicago. Mm-hmm. My program is in a nice quiet south mm-hmm. suburb outside mm-hmm. of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Where And it's funny because guess what? 90% of my clients are from right around there in other South Suburban locations or yeah. right across the border in Indiana where you would never think any of that would come. You know, yeah. I, I had one of the fire chiefs come to me and say, hey, I need to get my granddaughter in this program. But really? you just never know. Ooh, wow. You never know. So mm-hmm. don't think that it has to be in like the rough of the roughest neighborhoods and they gotta be, you know, run down, tour yeah. up. That is not where the support is always needed. It's needed there too, but it's also needed in all of these other areas that you wouldn't necessarily think. But again, that's the stigma. Those are the myths that are associated with it. So we just have to, as a whole, do a better job at dispelling these myths so they understand Mm -hmm. that the need is everywhere. It's Mm -hmm. everywhere.
1: It's It's everywhere. And that's why we need you, Dr. Cobb. Thank you yes. so much for coming Thank in and you. blessing Thank us. Thank you for all having me. Oh
2: <laughs>
1: Tell the people where they can find you. Where can they yes. find you? Websites, you, yeah. social yes, media, yes, all yes. of that. So
2: <laughs> on IG as well as Facebook, you guys. I am Serenity Wellness Academy as well as um, Serenity Treatment and Counseling Center. Um, also, um, our website, which we provide a lot of information, a lot of education materials, I'm always posting on there about different changes in statistics and things like that is serenitytreatmentcenter.org, right? So please remember serenitytreatmentcenter.org. I'm always putting CDC stats up there, just always trying to keep the community aware. But Serenity Wellness Academy and Serenity Treatment and Counseling Center on Facebook as well as IG is where you can find me. If you guys Instagram or DM me, I will always respond 24 to 48 hours, but I make sure that I get back to anyone. So if you have any questions, any concerns about anything, if you're thinking about it and you're on the fence, if there's something I can answer for you. Please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, you guys, listen, thank y'all for tuning in. We are, I know somebody's going to take, I don't care if it's just one person. Please don't yes, make Dr. Yes, Cobbs yes. coming on here, spending her precious time to educate us and empower us and to let us know what's possible for us. Please don't let that be in vain. Yes. Um, again, thank you so much, Dr. Cobbs, for coming thank through, for blessing us time. with all this knowledge. You guys, thank you for tuning in. And as always, if you have a nurse boss friend or a nursing station buddy or a lounge room buddy, make sure that you let them know about the nurse boss shift. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We hope that you had as much fun as we did. And most importantly, got tons of value from this conversation. Post your biggest aha moments and tag us on social. You can find all of our info in the show notes. And if you love the show, please take the time to subscribe, and leave us a review. We're so grateful for each and every one of you and cannot wait to see you crush it in your businesses. Talk to you next time.